politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to protect our liberties and take back some sort of refuge in this country. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media, on Thursday, May 6th. Another terrific day of broadcasting where we skate to where the puck is headed, not to where it's been, where we focus on the issues that matter, how they matter, in what way they matter, and what we can do about it. That's what sets this show aside from every other allegedly conservative uh, broadcast. We are truly independent conservatives just trying to achieve constitutional outcomes um, to save our country, what is left of it, what we can salvage. We're not here to grandstand. And, you know, folks, if that dichotomy were ever brought out more starkly, I don't remember it. Because we're experiencing now when all my colleagues are talking about Bruce Jenner, which they won't even call him Bruce, a guy who is mentally ill and thinks he's a woman running for governor of California, a state that we can't do anything with anyway, and they're focused on Liz Cheney versus Elise Stefanik, fecal matter or urine, I'm sorry for the crude analogy, on a position that doesn't matter in a body that no longer matters. And we'll get back to that later. While I was on radio in Idaho earlier today, gunning for their rhino governor, talking about COVID fascism there, making Idaho a sanctuary, talking about our Constitution Action Network. Um, Hopefully we're going to have some team leaders in place in Idaho. So definitely sign up there. That is what I'm doing. Taking my audience, putting them together to actually do what matters, where it matters, on the issues that matter, to fight for people who will actually fight for us rather than for mental illness. So we'll get back to that a little later. The whole Bruce Jenner thing and the Liz Cheney fight, my thoughts on that. But first, we have to understand the gravity of what we're still up against on an issue that Republicans will still barely broach, that conservative talkers will still barely touch in a meaningful way. And that is, we still live in a country, 14 months into this, when we have codified into law a form of guilty until proven innocent, but it is sick until proven healthy. That is what is essentially codified to varying degrees in every state, in nearly every county. And I'm here to tell you what we need to do about that. But the first thing is to recognize that we need to do something about it indeed. That the red states are not well off on this issue. And we still have sick until proven healthy in most places that matter. First, today's sponsor, we talked a lot about violence Yesterday, if we have time, we have a lot more news on that. But with everyone buying up guns and ammo, people forget you need a quality gun belt and a holster. Uh, Those of you who go out to our front site trip with constitutioncoach.com understand this. Our next trip is May 30th. You could sign up there. Uh, There still is some time and space. But in order to have a safe and effective carry, but also if, God forbid, you need to draw your weapon... In effective, quick draw, you need a holster that sits securely in the right position. 
We the People Holsters has you covered with almost every firearm you could imagine, right-handed, left-handed, inside the waistband, outside the waistband. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR and get your American-made holster starting at just 40 bucks. Lifetime guarantee. If it doesn't fit perfectly, you could send it back. And also, you get an additional $10 off with offer code CR. So again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR, offer code CR. Don't have your gun sit lonely without a quality holster. Now, folks, I saw an image that disturbed me, an observation I don't think anyone else has had. There was this story a couple days ago, somewhere in Tennessee, about a toddler that somehow got caught in a barrel. So feet first, you know, was playing in it and then couldn't get out. And they had to take him to the hospital, and I think eventually they cut it out. So forget about the story, the article, it's not even important. I just saw an article. It's the picture that matters. There was a picture of him in the barrel with the barrel situated on the hospital bed. And he was in the barrel up to his, like, neck, chin or neck. And you could make out a picture, like, very vaguely there. You could see he had his mouth and nose covered with a mask. And I was thinking, I don't know if this kid is two, three years old. It wasn't more than three. Coming in in such duress, stuck in a barrel, very scared. And obviously, someone had made him put on a mask. So, you know, there's this notion that somehow, I mean, this is Tennessee. This is Tennessee. Somehow the mask is over in red states. But folks, where it matters most is people that are employed in jobs for seven to ten hours. School kids, seven to eight hours. People under trauma in hospitals. Where we're always like, yeah, hospitals, that's Daniel, Daniel, that's the lowest hanging fruit for their side. That's where a mask is most justifiable. It's in a hospital. No! All of them are, all the personnel are vaccinated. Anyone who wanted it for months, they're all wearing their PPE. It's when you're under the most stress that it makes no sense who comes into the hospital. People with medical needs, people in pain, people that have trouble breathing, kids. There's stories of people having to go under surgeries with their nose and mouth covered, scary as anything. We need lawsuits on this. We are being treated as sick until proven healthy. There is no such power to take away a fundamental right to breathe based on those grounds. The entire, we, we, we seem to forget. It's important to preach to the choir, as I always say, because sometimes we ourselves forget. The, a lot of you are emailing me, what should I say to um, you know, my county commission, or a lot of you are speaking out in front of your school boards, and this is terrific. This is what we need to be doing. We also need lawsuits. And one of the things we forget is we start arguing on their premise. And we forget that quarantine only is someone who is known to have the disease. You stay home for 10 days and then you're done once you're, you, you, you passed. But the notion that every healthy person indefinitely could be treated as sick, and it's not even sick until proven healthy. Because even if you would prove you're healthy, even if you have a, you're vaccinated, you had it already, and you show them a negative result, you still have to wear a mask on an airplane, in school, in a hospital, if not everywhere else or most other places that matter. 
It's very few places where you still don't have to wear a mask in the, in the places that supposedly took them off. It violates medical privacy, bodily integrity, ADA, OSHA, Fourth Amendment, First Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, violates due process. So the only way this was justified was saying we have a virus that is so prolific and it's also potentially at least unus- somewhat unusually deadly and we don't know what, what to do. We don't have any way to deal with it. That is what justified what happened, what occurred March of last year. I'm not saying it. W- he, I agreed with it, but that was the only legal justification. Here we are 14 months later when it is literally impossible to overrun the hospitals. It is impossible. It is less than the flu right now. Every state, the levels are much well under the flu, and it's impossible for it to get over the flu, much less an unprecedented event. Because of the number of people vaccinated already had it, we have the therapeutics. Anyone who wants this, who wants to be shielded from it, has government-approved, whether we think the vaccines are great or not, they're saying it is, so you, you have no leg to stand on. Yet this is still continuing in every red state in almost every county to a degree that is well beyond where it should be, even if it's better than in blue states. That is where we need our teams to work. Even if a lot of you are like the state legislative sessions are already, you know, waning, some are over with. And I get that. And, you know, unfortunately we're not going to be up to speed until the special session and the the next year's session, but all the county governments, we need to start passing sanctuary resolutions, affirming that the government, the state, the, at least the county government, can never implement a mandate on a human being who is healthy until proven that they're sick. Mind you, even if you're sick at this point, even if you, I mean, I'm not saying, look, if you know you have COVID, I'm not saying not to stay home. I'm just saying it's not so simple that the government has the power because remember that they're arresting you. They're violating your freedom of movement. It's not so simple that they even have the power to do that. Quarantine, could, could government quarantine you for a cold? No. And, and at this point, with anyone vulnerable having had the opportunity to be vaccinated, anyone, everyone who's an adult has had the opportunity, people have had, 40% have had it, there's no way you could even have a problem from this anymore. It's not so simple they could even do it if you have it. But this is the point we need to really bang away at. You cannot implement policies indefinitely predicated on treating people as sick until never proven healthy. Then again, that's another form of this lack of due process we've had for Trump supporters. While they're innocent, even after proven guilty, our people are guilty and can never be proven innocent. I have an email from Maria in a Trump plus 50 or so county in West Virginia. Today, the school nurse called to tell me my seventh grader would have to stay home quarantine for the second time this year because she sat about six feet away from a child who tested positive. My daughter knows the student and she has no symptoms, had the rapid test first, which was negative, then another test, which was positive. There are only seven students left in my daughter's class this week. This is absolutely insane. Even students who had already had COVID have to be quarantined. The governor says that he's going to mask the state until 70% of the population are vaccinated, just like the blue state governors are saying. We only have 45% with one dose. Folks, this is happening in West Virginia. Most states are continuing with the 
masking of, of the children in school, the quarantining of them even after they had it, no symptoms. This has got to stop. We need lawsuits. We need lawsuits. This is continuing to happen. It's demonic. Where is the focus from the conservative talkers to do what I'm doing? To fight in the red counties and the red states on the issues and the people and the elections that matter. They pick all the things that don't matter. Truly ridiculous. Now, I need you guys to support our show and our sponsors. Our second sponsor today is betterspectacles.com. Folks, often glasses don't fit well. They don't look good. I don't even like the way they usually look, but I can uh, put contacts in my eyes, so I'm kind of stuck. And um, I, I never, I always, you know, kind of make a face when my wife wears them because I'm like, your, your eyes are too beautiful to cover them up. Um, but I am very impressed with what I see from Better Spectacles, the way they look on my wife. I'm getting mine in the mail soon. They're offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the U.S. This is the gold standard. They have 500 patents. Um, their opticians specialize in difficult prescriptions, astigmatisms, those who experience problems with progressives, and their technology is cutting edge. They measure 7,000 points in the eye. They have The result is more energy, no neck strain, and the ability to help you see up to 40% better with their Go Specs lenses um, that they get in every day. Uh, Ronald Reagan actually wore Rodenstock glasses. So go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule your own teleoptical appointment where you could actually, if you don't want to wear a mask, you could get your appointment with them um, online. They are the best trained opticians in the country. But they are offering my audience an introductory 61% off their GoSpex lenses plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative to get your discount and look at your options. Go now for your best eyewear you could get. I'm also, folks, looking at, you know, going back to these, you know, red legislatures. You know, most legislatures were trying to end mass mandates. Someone sent me one of our uh, prospective leaders in North Carolina that evidently they passed a bill in North Carolina. Remember, Republicans have not quite a supermajority, but very strong majorities there. There is a Democrat governor. And, you know, th this was supposed to like, it, it was a milk toast bill. And, and the governor did initially veto parts of it because he felt it went, it was too strong even for him. But it was basically like, get the kids back to school under the guidance of the state health department. In other words, it had language in there basically codifying into law that citizens and students have to abide by the toolkit. They call it the toolkit there which includes mass mandates. So we have Republicans. I mean, this is how the uh, the Overton window has moved over so much. We have Republicans who can't categorically speak out against the masking of children in red states or, or legislatures that they control. How many others are speaking to this? How many others? Many of you have seen the demonic statements made by CDC that should demonstrate that everything they said beforehand is a lie as well. New York Times reports. So we, we were wondering, what are they going to do? How do they balance the cronyism of trying to get people to get the vaccine, but keep the tyranny going? 
So one of the ways they're doing that is by moving the goalposts to make the tyranny even stronger and then pulling it back one notch if you're vaccinated. So they're now openly saying for the summer that children in camps outdoors need to be double masked while playing sports. WHO says it's dangerous, which obviously it is. But that's what they're saying. Then they pulled it back. New York Times has an article. Vaccinated 12 to 15-year-olds may remove their mask outdoors. <laughs> this is how demonic they are. A child for a virus that doesn't affect them. This is, I, there are no words to describe this form of sick until proven innocent. Until proven healthy. Which, you, which they never allow you to prove. Then the CDC director whatever, Walensky, whatever her name is, she said on CNN yesterday, I'm not kidding you, heavily breathing kids on a soccer field should wear masks. And yet, you have every one of these dirtbag governors that are Republicans, Idaho, Wyoming, North Dakota, um, Indiana, West Virginia, certainly Ohio, Alabama, just to name a few, still legitimizing everything CDC says and that is still codified in state policies, county, state health boards. This is why we need, we need a sanctuary resolution and I will help draft it for our team leaders. This is what we're going to push in as many counties as we can in as many states for the county commission to adopt a sanctuary a statement of principles that people have the right to breathe, to move freely, to open their businesses unrestricted. You are healthy until proven sick. There's due process rights. And to ban all of this stuff on children in school, school boards, this is what we need to adopt. It's that simple. It is that simple. That's the thing. We need that principle to bar all of this stuff and to affirm the right of every individual to maintain their inalienable right to self-determination, to make their own healthcare decisions, whether it's vaccination, testing, physical or mental examinations, medical treatments, medical devices, including masks, participating in tracking and tracing programs, sharing personal or medical information and data. It must be optional. That needs to be affirmed in every county, it is shocking that 14 months into this sadistic, insane, illogical, nutty craziness from CDC, we still have this going on. But then again, we don't even have a Republican Party or a conservative movement that can affirm natural law insanity. You know, in Kansas, the legislature, the state Senate, failed by one vote to override the Democrat governor's veto on a bill. I think this was the transgender athlete stuff. It was one of those. So yes, there is a Democrat governor, but the Republicans have the votes to override. But because we do not have a movement to focus on who these people are, this is what we get saddled with. This is what we get saddled with in every state. Truly disgusting. Truly, truly disgusting. You know, even in Sweden, it's funny, we talk a lot about Sweden recently. They were always extremely socially licentious. But even they are more logical than we are. One of Sweden's largest hospitals just suspended the use of hormone blockers in children, and yet we cannot get this bill passed in South Dakota and other states with Republicans.
Most other states, we cannot get this bill passed. But Sweden's largest hospital, university hospital, voluntarily discovered. This is where we are. And then we're at a point where hormone blockers for children are safe. Experimental mRNA that failed to work and cause damage in animals when it was tried last decade are forced upon people that don't even have a risk for the virus, but it's not safe to take cheap therapeutics that have worked for years. There's a lot of news on ivermectin. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but this is from Fox 32 in Chicago, another court case. After a short but tense legal battle, Edward Elmer's Hospital has agreed to allow an outside doctor to administer ivermectin to one of, one of its patients. She looks calm, relaxed, she looks comfortable. So this is all I could tell you right now, said Desi Fipe, who has been fighting for her mother, 68-year-old Nergy Fipe, to receive ivermectin. She was put on a ventilator on April 28th with her condition not improving, and they had nothing else. The, do- the, the hospital offered nothing else. I know Dr. Pierre Corrie filed a deposition in that case, an expert witness, and the judge gave an order and said, you have nothing else to offer. Despite the judge's orders, the hospital still refused to administer it. And finally, they agreed to allow an outside doctor to administer the first dose. After the first dose, um, the, the ventilator had been reduced from 75% to 65% after just the first dose. And, and, and remember, you know, ivermectin, like anything, its efficacy is going to be limited when you're at that stage. But it's in, there's no reason to ever wait to get to that stage because you see this coming a mile away, which leads me to India. LifeSite News has an interesting article on that. So every news outlet is screaming about India. It's funny. <laughs> Notice how now we have to own India's, like, numbers they don't. They no longer. It's it's dead in America. So every day we have to. We, I'm now hearing it on all the news blurbs. Record cases, deaths, like like we had in America. So now we own India. When India is behind us, they, it came later. They didn't have their thing. They have a billion and a half people in the in the in the country. So there's a lot more herd immunity to be achieved. But um, basically, Joel Hershorn has done a lot of work on on therapeutics and covering this in India. So he, he says the history, here's the truth of what went on in India. During 2020 and the first few months of the year, India barely had anything. Um, you know, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were made available. Now, the mainstream media waged a war against early home outpatient treatment successfully. And what happened was the Indian government then advised against it. And what happened was, is that the, you know, they weren't using it right at the time, at least in most places, right at the time when they needed it, when it started coming there. And, and again, mind you, it's not like they have a worse death. Their death rate is still um, not as bad as most European countries in America either, per capita. And this is their worst wave, which they haven't had much. So it's logical in a place that large that you're going to have this. It's not such a bad outcome. But finally, as this started going in April 14th, there was an article written um, about doctors believe ivermectin drug can help India stop COVID-19 second wave. India Times talked about Dr. Surya Kant Tripathi, head of respiratory medicine department at King George Medical University in Lucknow, that he was pushing ivermectin, and now it's being used, and we're going to see what happens there. And Uttar, Uttar Pradesh and Mar... Jeez, I can't pronounce this. Mar, Marashtara are two states that are heavily using it. And basically, there was an analysis showing that when India stopped prescribing ivermectin 
and started vaccinating. See, the vaccine movement killed ivermectin. They stopped using their deaths shot up. Now, again, it's not that it caused the deaths. The deaths shot up because seasonality, geographically, they didn't really get the winter spread. So they're southern latitude. They get it later. And they didn't have much before they're going to get it. But folks, this is very much, some of you might have seen the country of seashells, if I'm pronouncing it right, in Africa, an archipelago country. They now have a higher case per capita than India even. I think they're the most in the world. They have something like 90% got the first shot. And by the way, they've had a mass mandate forever. And the 90%, they have the highest vaccination rate in the, and and it's it's spreading. And again, it's you know, it's all relative. It's they haven't had it much before, but it's the fastest increase of anywhere at this point. It clearly demonstrates that natural herd immunity is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Whatever efficacy the the vaccine is, it's not 0% like lockdowns and masks. It's more than that, but it ain't 94%. And we're seeing that. It's just not. Everyone, I, I, it's funny, I sound like a broken record. I said this 14 months ago, but here we are. Every day I'm proven right. Everyone is going to assume you have to get it until it burns out with herd immunity. The question is, are you going to inform people to prophylax and take early treatments to minimize the deaths and then live normally once you have that to minimize the pain? Or are you going to have all pain and no gain, block treatment, give people false hope, but still lock them down and destroy their physical, emotional, mental, and economic health? Those are the only two paths. We're seeing it like clockwork. All the places that beat COVID, well, they didn't beat it. They're now getting it. See, there was this thought. Some people might have said, you know what? Maybe those countries did beat it because they staved off, whether they wound up really staved off or just naturally it didn't come there until later. But they're luckier because once it did come, now they have the vaccine. Whereas the countries that got hit earlier, it was before they had the vaccine. We're not seeing that. We're seeing the places, whether it's Argentina Seashells, um, India, all the areas, the entire Far East from Thailand and Cambodia and Japan and all the places that really didn't have much, they're getting it, regardless of the vaccine. Those are the most masked places around Japan. Now, again, there is this partial immunity in East Asia, probably from other coronaviruses that, you know, and, and they're healthier Um, Dr. Cole is a strong believer that almost all of them have type O blood type. And he explained to me why that makes a difference. Um, vitamin D levels, there's belief they're, they're, they do better with their diet there. There's a lot of reasons there that they're healthier and better off. And the deaths per capita are always going to be lower than they were in Europe and in America. But that has nothing to do with the masks and the non-pharmaceutical interventions and the vaccines. That's just because of the health status there. But the cases are spreading as wildly as they would spread. It's like all the premises they made. Oh, this country did well because of this. They never revisit that. 14, 15 months later, it's all come out in the wash. You know, my buddy, um, Wyatt Sheepy, that's his Twitter handle. His name, name is Nathan Hyatt from Ohio. We've had him on the show a couple of times. He's a mathematician. He, so he's done run, run the numbers on, on even demographics. Everyone talked about blacks and Hispanics being worse off. You know what? The more the pandemic goes on, the more everything equals out. It fills in. There might have been reasons they got it first. 
it's kind of averaging out now. Same thing with the states. Everyone built a whole mountain out of a out of a molehole of like, oh, this state did very well because of this. Well, now they're not. They did well because for whatever reason they didn't get it much. Now, precisely because they didn't get it enough, they're getting it. <laughs> You're gonna get it until you get it. Everyone's gonna roughly equal out in the end. That's what we're seeing, with with few exceptions. Every state, every country is going to fill out the the vaccination. You know, everyone talks about Israel, okay, and how few cases they have. But look at how few cases Albania and Moldova and all those Eastern European countries that have 3% vaccination rates have. It's seasonality. Israel, when they once they started vaccinating, they already had peaked. They got nailed. Israel got nailed. They reached herd immunity mainly. Again, I'm not going to tell you that there is zero efficacy short-term to any of the vaccines. Of course there is. The broader issue is that, you know, given the risks and the side effects and the fact that it's not like you're even getting bulletproof efficacy out of it for COVID and that we have so many cheap, effective therapeutics that people need to be taking that are so much more proven, plus don't have side effects, what is the reason to push vaccines other than control and big pharma? Again, I, I am not, I am all in favor of a safe and effective vaccine. I am, I'm in favor of the concept of a vaccine. Some people disagree with me. I'm, I'm in favor of it. I have no problem with that. That's not what we have now. We have an unproven vaccine that more and more seems to be more like along the lines of flu shot degree of efficacy, which is what we predicted from day one, by the way, but much more dangerous than the flu shot for a virus that broadly doesn't affect a lot of people. And for the people that it does, there's other things we can be doing. This is the narrative that needs to be adopted by every red state and county. And we need to keep pushing this. If the state legislatures are out, then we need to bring in our expert witnesses, and I'm willing to bring them in to county boards. This is what needs to happen. And this is where we are, folks. Sick until proven healthy. That needs to end immediately. So there's a lot more. Obviously, there's this big article um, everyone's talking about that was pu published by Nicholas Wade on Medium. Really a deep dive into why he thinks... Um, from a pathogenic standpoint, this was made in the Chinese lab. Um, but to me, what's more important is that the response was made in China. They did it on purpose. They signaled lockdown. That's how people adopted such an insane thing. The whole world adopted it. Doesn't make any sense. But that's where we are in the COVID stuff. So I just wanted to get back to some of that. But, but, but let's get back to where we are. So here we are with the issue of our time. Everything we ever warned about, if you're a Republican, a conservative, liberty, communism, liberty being taken away, this is where we are. Yet 90% of Republicans adopt at some level Fauci's premises and policies and rhetoric, and that's not a deal breaker. Almost every Republican in leadership whether it's at a federal level, more importantly, whether it's at a state or county level, I mean, uh, you know, if it's in a legislature, it's the speaker, the Senate pro temp, Senate majority leader, the Judiciary Committee chairman, the Health Committee chairman, the State Affairs Committee chairman, almost every one of them supports COVID communism, mask fascism. And somehow, that's not like an impetus to get them out. 
Suddenly we have Liz Cheney defies Trump's personality. Oh, she's got to go. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm all in favor of that. But my point is, we need to Liz Cheney all of them. Everyone in leadership is like that. And most Republicans are like that. Liz Cheney is not an aberration. She's not an exception. She's the rule. She's not a bug of the GOP. She's a feature of the GOP. And the biggest proof is they now want to replace her with Elise Stefanik, a woman who voted against Trump tax cuts, who voted against Trump's oil drilling, who voted to require Trump to, a a bill that if it would have passed, would have required Trump to join the Paris Climate Accords, voted for amnesty multiple times, voted against the border wall, big tranny supporter. That's what they're missing. The person to replace her with is that. That's vintage GOP. Now, look, I don't even care. The third ranking position in a body that no longer matters at a federal system that's irremediably broken. I don't care. doesn't matter. Heck, you know what? If I were there, I might even vote for Elise Stefanik just to throw out Liz Cheney and, out, and just at least to throw out a rhino and, and at least send that message. But they're missing the broader point. Why is it that you could be a tranny, illegal alien, pro-criminal, pro-COVID fascist, pro-big government, government, pro-welfare, pro-government healthcare, Republican, and you're not unfit to serve in leadership to represent our values. It's only you go up against Trump's personality. So Elise Stefanik is a funny situation where she's one of the most liberal members of the House, but she kissed up to Trump. So that's okay. I mean, really? That's where it's all at now? And, and this plays out in a lot of primaries where you'll have a rhino that kissed up to Trump, he'll endorse them. Again, like, of course, Liz Cheney was, it was insane to vote for impeachment to make Trump criminally responsible for January 6th. But what I find even more appalling is she tweeted out last year something about how Fauci is not partisan. He's a dedicated servant. And because she was like hitting back against conservative uh, attacks on Fauci. And she, she put out all these mask memes and everything. That is more offensive to me. That's more consequential to my life. Why is that okay? And this is true in every state legislature where it actually matters. I don't care about, I mean, it doesn't matter who's in the number three person in the house. What does matter is when you have these four to one GOP majorities in legislative chambers within states where they have trifecta control, where we could accomplish so much. And the majority leader is a dirtbag. The health committee chairman is a dirtbag. See, when you're talking about leadership positions, the left they elevate to positions of leadership, whether it's a committee chair, whether it's a floor leader, whether it's a nominee for a high position of of senator or presidential nominee. They take their best fighters who most vociferously fight for them. And they pick their best leaders on that issue to focus on that issue set. So if it's the health committee chairman, it's going to be the biggest communist. If it's the budget committee chairman, you know who's the Senate budget chair? Bernie Sanders. If it's judiciary, it's going to be the biggest open borders pro-criminal guy. We have the opposite. Rather than the most conservative on those issues, we'll have the most liberal pro-government run healthcare, (coughs) um, pro-public health, pro-big pharma guy. Lamar Alexander for years has been the Senate Health Committee chairman. No one ever had a problem with that. This is what bothers me. They're like little doggies. Like, look at the biscuit. These talk show hosts, these Fox News guys, these Hannity's, they're so dumb. They only know what's put on their plate. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. 
Oh, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, putting even the values issues aside and the guy's an incoherent fool and you couldn't even trust him on the issues anyway. But just from a mental illness standpoint, gender dysphoria, I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I had an uncle who was schizophrenic. He thought he was all sorts of things. People think they're animals. You don't legitimize that and then elevate them to governor when someone's dealing with a very severe mental illness. Mental illness is a serious problem. You you feel bad for people like that. There's all different kinds of that, but you don't run for office when you when you have that. The conservative case for trans. You know, there's a conservative case for the conservative case for mask wearing. This is what this movement has become. It's shocking to me. This is what they focus on. And yet where we can make a difference, how we can make a difference with the candidates that we can make a difference on the issues through which we can make a difference, they're nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. You have these lockdown fascist governors in Trump plus 30 states that we can't get a movement to get Trump to endorse the big talkers on Fox News to focus on. This is where we are. Caitlyn Jenner, mentally ill, what's going on? We've lost our our sense of humanity. These are the same people that they're not, they're not pained by COVID fascism. They're not pained by the masking of children. In fact, Hannity supported it. Mask up was his line. What is wrong with these people? We have the foxes guarding the henhouse. We have the biggest voices that have the biggest megaphones supposedly representing our side as the biggest champions of the other side's values. And this has been going on for years. You know, I'm reminded, um, you know, one of Rush's kind of like parody type of things, he would always put on that funny voice when he talked about the Palestinians and the two-state solution. You know, the obsession of the two-state solution that it always became an institution as an end to itself. So he had had this line. He would say, Mommy, when I grow up, I want to work for the two-state solution. Remember that? I mean, he, he used to always say that. So it reminds me of, like, when I grow up, I want to work for the conservative movement. It's like an institution that perpetuates its own failure. What is it? What does it even mean? The word conservative has lost its meaning by a mile. Watch for all the articles from National Review and all these types. Fox News, like, you see... The media is double standard. They're, they're, you know, biased against trans conservatives. They only like the trans liberals. <laughs> Jeez, if you, if, if you, if you can't uh, laugh, you just uh, have a heart attack in this day and age. There's a lot more going on, as I said. I want to start talking about what I think states could do to push back against illegal immigration. It's going to be part of our agenda items. And, you know, obviously our movement for constitutional sanctuaries within the counties that needs to be pushed. Um, it's something that could be adopted all year round. You know, usually you could pressure your your councilman. It's not like like state legislatures that are only part time. There's a lot we need to be doing about this. I just want to share with you. Now we have a lot of crime stories I really want to hit, but I want to share with you one other story that I felt is important. There's this Muslim leftist who's mayor of. Is he mayor of Dearborn? No, he's um he's running for mayor of Dearborn. Right now, he's a state house rep from the area in Michigan. And this guy basically wrote at 
a rally. He had a campaign rally. And he said the following. Where is this? Darn, now now I can't even ring this up. Can't even find it. But basically, it's something to the effect of, he told everyone, you have to vote for Muslim and Arab candidates. If we only get like 6,000 people, we could run the city. And he, you know, there's different um, candidates, and he said, I, I, maybe there's a runoff, and he said, if I lose, I pledge to support only a Muslim candidate. And I was thinking, like, this has become the problem in our country. This is the the racism, the, the two-tier system. We would never tolerate if someone gets up there and says, you know, we have to preserve the Anglo-Saxon Christian tradition. I'm only going to vote for a Christian, white, Anglo-Saxon um, candidate. Uh, you know, if we only get out there and have, you know, just assert our voices, we'll be able to ensure that it's only white Christian Anglo-Saxons are able to to win, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we tolerate this. The only systemic racism in this country is from non-whites, and we all know that. You know, someone pointed this out yesterday to me. Um, there's this case everyone's talking about, this Florida teen that's accused of rigging a homecoming election. Now, you know, it's cheating. It's not good. But she's being tried as an adult with a maximum sentence of 16 years. So I want to say two two points on this. Number one, you know, what is roped in so many, and, and even some listeners email me like libertarians into criminal justice reform. They say, you know, Daniel, this is over-criminalization of our life. And yeah, I mean, we all agree. But I'm like, dude, that is not what they are reforming. And, and, and this is one of many examples of we are 10 years into jailbreak where basically violent crime, gangs, and drugs have been legalized. So you'd think at least the ancillary benefit is we would not have this overcrim of kind of like nebulous BS crimes. No, that stuff they'll clamp down on. And the other point to be made is the two-tier justice system. This girl is a 17-year-old girl who is white. I want you to think about this for a minute. A black girl who murdered actually a Muslim cab driver, Mohammed Anwar in D.C., she's being tried as a juvenile plea deal. And if she serves any prison time, at, at the latest, she'll be out at 21. White girl attempting to rig a home, homecoming election is being tried as an adult with a maximum sentence of 16 years, and they're not taking a plea deal. Folks, we don't have anarchy in this country. We have systemic persecution. What appears to be anarchy for some is merely a part of that persecution. So it's not even so much anarcho-tyranny, it's really all tyranny. But it's tyranny in a sadistic persecution that is very targeted at achieving very precise outcomes for certain people and groups of people. Look, you're always going to get the brutal, honest truth from me and the reason why I think I have better solutions and more solutions and more ideas than other people is because I'm willing to actually diagnose the problem. We're going to have to fight on a local level. Illegal immigration, crime, COVID fascism, two-tier justice system, cultural rock gut. Again, anyone who runs on, I'm for lower taxes, I'm pro-life and pro-gun, and they have nothing to say about the issues of our time, you know they're a fraud, and frankly, they'll sell us out on those issues as well. So again, um, you know, if you are willing to be a leader, you could email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Um, if you want a secure email, it's danielharwitz at startmail.com. 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at dharwitz. Uh, at I'm sorry, at RM Conservative. Daniel underscore Horowitz on Gab. Um, I do want to put out more Rumble videos. I'm on Rumble, um, and uh, we will start juicing that up more. Sign up for Connection.network. And again, please send this show to all your friends and relatives. I'm not in this for money, for anything. I want to make a difference. That's why I work so hard. But we need to have our voice heard by more people. If you haven't done so by now, if you'd be so kind to drop us a five-star rating on iTunes, it will really, really make a difference in um, the algorithms and getting the show out to more people. Because look, folks, if it's not me, it's going to be people like Hannity. (laughs) That's the reality. Who do you want to represent our side of the story? (laughs) That is the question. And if the answer is yes, I need you guys to help us support our show, support our sponsors. Um, We the People Holsters uh, today is one of our sponsors as well as uh, uh, Ghost Specs Lenses. And again, that is betterspectacles.com slash conservative and we the people holsters.com slash CR. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all and thank you for listening.